When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. He is Anthony Pusick. How are you, sir? Tired. And for no good reason. Yeah. We'll get to that in a moment. I got off the air at about quarter to two in the morning and felt very unproductive in that Shark 3-2 win over the Rangers in overtime. And still lots to discuss. But, of course, we've got breaking news up in Canada. Rick Westhead has been on top of this for a while the allegations of five former World Junior Canadian players from 2018 involved in some sort of a sexual harassment case. Now we know the five players, basically, Anthony, because there have been five players that have requested leave of absences from their team. Uh, the most, the latest to come down is Michael McLeod and Cal Foote from the New Jersey Devils. We know Carter Hart of the Philadelphia Flyers. Yesterday, uh, Dubay in Calgary. There's also Formentin, who's uh, playing overseas so it seems like if you put two and two together those are the five players that are involved hey we learned this from the the duke lacrosse situation that uh, everybody is innocent until proven guilty we'll find out what this goes down um the the latest from earlier that the five members of the 2014 world junior team have been told to surrender to london ontario police to face charges 2018 excuse me of sexual assault uh the globe and mail is reporting that yeah, and we and based on the fact that there are now five players from that team that have basically the same right. boilerplate statement that's been released by their respective teams, we're assuming that those are the five. Now um, we'll see. Now, now, the, now the interesting there's a lot of interesting aspects to this, but you know, going under the pretense of innocent until proven guilty, um, I'm not going to go as far as what punishments should be and all that. They're going to get their day in court, but what happens moving forward? for the three NHL teams that are affected by this. Um, trials take a long time. Uh, will they be eligible to play once they go to London, Ontario, I, I guess get booked or whatever's going to happen when they go there and then released on their own recognizance until the trial, whatever, bail. I'm not sure how it's all going to go, but if they're eligible to play, will the NHL let them? Yeah, I don't. I mean, you know what? It, it, it kind of falls under those um, conduct detrimental type of things, and it didn't happen un- under the time that they were NHL players. But that's why they're getting right. definite leaves of just this is a leave of absence and no comment at this time from the teams until right. they can get more information. If this is the five players, I mean, that we're just again they haven't said specifically. Nobody's released names, but everyone's kind of just doing their own investigative work here. And there's five guys from the 2018 team that have had to request a leave of absence within the last week to week and a half, and this is kind of the pieces that everybody's kind of putting together on this. Um, it's going to be interesting how the NHL handles it. It's going to be interesting uh, to see what comes out of this investigation. Um, it's it's obviously a black mark on hockey in general. 
Uh, I can't hard to say that it's a black mark on the National Hockey League. It, these guys weren't members of the teams at the time. Right. But you never want to hear anything like this. We see it in other sports. It's just not a good look. It's not good. These guys are players that uh, young kids look up to, that some people view as, as heroes in some capacity. Um, and to see them be accused of something like this is never something you want to see. Um, but hopefully there is justice if justice needs to be served. Um, and uh, this gets taken care of and we can move on to the hockey portion yes. of, uh, uh, of the season. Just one last thing. Uh, none of the defense lawyers who represent players allegedly uh, involved uh, have spoken at all to the media. Um, Canadian law requires criminal defendants to have their own individual defense teams. So there will not be one representation for all five of the players. Allison Craig, a Toronto attorney, talked to Rick Westhead, who says uh, that defending uh, people accused of sexual assault, which is what Craig has, but has no ties to the 2018 World Junior allegation, said it would be customary in a case where there is no public danger for uh, defendants to be given at least a week or two to surrender to police. So this is something that's going to be ongoing for a while. I would think these players are going to be um, out in the National Hockey League. There's no way the NHL can allow them to play. No, no. Because we don't know what the allegations are, if they're guilty, and it would look awful. You know, if, if you know, just for an example, you know, Philadelphia makes a run with Carter Hart, and we find out later on, you know, during the summertime of, of, the, uh, of heinous allegations. So, so because we're not attorneys, because we don't have any information, we look at it from the NHL perspective. And certainly you look at it from a flyer perspective. It hurts he, them, for it, sure. It's, he's the starting goaltender of a team that's the second place in the Metropolitan Division. So, you know, you don't want to dumb it down to the point where, like, we, we're not taking this seriously. We're, we're not lawyers, and we don't know anything about this case at all. But what we do know is the NHL, and if Carter Hart can't play for the Philadelphia Flyers, that's a major blow to them. And I don't think he should be allowed to play until we find out what's going on. So a lot of work's going to have to be done in Philadelphia because it looks like they've just start, start, lost their starting goaltender and quite possibly for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, no doubt. And then you take a look at the Devils, who have all the injuries that you could possibly think of, now losing two more pieces on their team. Um, obviously, you never want to lose a player for an injury or otherwise. Um, from the NHL perspective, it hurts their teams that, that they have been accused of these things and now need to take leave of absences from their team, no question. And the Flyers have now lost three straight. They've been struggling a little bit. And Carter Hart's been one of the main reasons in his step forward this year is one of the main reasons they've been able to be second in the Metro for as long uh, as they have. Uh, so, yeah, no, this is this definitely hurts them, and you don't know when they're yeah. coming back if they're coming back this year. So there's, there's a lot a lot to digest on that, and it's certainly going to affect the Metro uh, probably more than any of the other divisions. Yeah, and you mentioned you know Philadelphia lost their third in a row last night as they drop a six three decision to the Lightning. Uh, pretty amazing, six goals on twenty one shots and a hat trick for Kucherov. He now has thirty one. He's goals unbelievable, isn't he? On the season, you know, it's, it's been terrific. Uh, what he what he's been able to accomplish this year, and that's why he's in the running for the MVP. Hurricanes off until they take on the Devils on um, on Friday, Anthony, or actually Thursday. But the point being is that the Rangers have caught a break. I mean, Carolina's been off and not playing. They've been playing okay, not great. Philadelphia's just dropped three in a row. So the Rangers actually saw their lead in the Metro grow by a point, although losing to the San Jose Sharks. Anthony, come on. I mean, no offense to the Sharks, but I did the pregame show. They're last in goal differential at minus 91. They've had the second fewest wins uh, in the National Hockey League at home. They've got the least overall in the league. Least amount of wins, least amount of points, worst winning percentage. Now, they've played better since Logan Couture has returned from his injury, and they have actually won three in a row now. But you're at the tail end of Western Swing. The building's half empty. 
most of the people that are there are actually rooting for the Rangers. You got a two nothing lead going to the third period. You can't just walk away with a point. You just can't. And and you know what hurt them, Don, was also having two power plays and doing nothing on them. And then when they really needed the power play once again, did nothing on it. Um, that was a bad loss. And even I said it uh, last night at, at, when it was tied going and possibly going into overtime. No matter how this game ends, this is not a good look for the Rangers. The first period looked like overtime. The helter-skelter from like the 16-minute mark to like the 8-minute mark or a 6-minute, whatever it was. Don, they were going back and forth, exchanging two-on-ones. Big saves by Blackwood. Big saves by Shesterkin. And Shesterkin actually played very well up until that third period. Right. Where he really had no shot on the overtime goal. No shot on but, the turnover by Gustafson. And then the second goal, it was a deflection. I'm sure you'd like to have it back. But this team is in dire straits right now. And I think Adam Fox said after the game last night, well, they wanted it more. Why? Yeah. I'd see Why the, do they want it more? You know, it's so interesting you said that. Because I'm doing the post-game show. And how contradictory... Peter Laviolette was to Adam Fox. <laughs> like Adam Fox is like we we took our foot off the gas. He was the walk off guest, if you remember on MSG television yep, last night after the second period. He said we've got to keep the pedal to the metal here because they almost lost at home to this team. Right, They've given up a couple of late goals and instead of a six three walkover ended up being a six five nail biter. And and then you hear Peter Laviolette say, "Well, I don't think we took our foot off the gas. We just didn't get the breaks." Well, I mean, you didn't get the breaks, and there are you know, listen. That could have been a penalty um, in overtime. That goal was probably not, shouldn't have been allowed, and they should have went on to a power play. Could have been play. two, but shouldn't have been in overtime. But as but Peter yeah, said, you should not have been in that situation to begin with. The, the 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 killer to me is that you are the second best power play in the National Hockey League. Literally, Apparently, allegedly. A little, literally, because they were like two for sixteen going into the two goal performance they had against Anaheim, going up against the worst kill in the league, thirty second in the league, and you get a power play with six minutes to go in regulation. I'm thinking, all right, they're going to score on a power play here. They're going to win the game three to two, and we're going to be like, yeah, they won the game, but. But now you lose the game. It makes the butt even worse. And they're going to have a couple of games here before the break. Vegas, which is no pushover, just no past picnic. the Rangers last week. And, then, hell back now. and now an Ottawa team that's all of a sudden found themselves. They had a win against Montreal last night, 4-1. to one. No gimme in Ottawa. Uh, so even if they win the next two games, you're still kind of wondering, hey, you're in first place and you've got 60-plus points and there's a lot of things to like about this team. But this malaise now has reached 25 games. And starting to obscure the 18 4 and 1 start. I don't get the, I still don't get the lack of use of Capo Caco. I, I don't know, especially last night, Don. I mean, ugh, just this, it's again, look at the, where the two goals came from. Fox scored with the Trocheck line on the ice, and Artemi Panarin essentially scored on his own for the second goal. And then that was it. And yes, Alexi Lafreniere missed two grade-A chances. One flew off his stick and one he shot wide. And I uh, I think Valaquette put it out. He's one of the most unlucky players this year in the National Hockey League in terms of, I think he's got like a minus nine or minus eight expected goals this year. Right up there with Alex Ovechkin. Now, it could be unlucky or it could be that just Lafreniere doesn't have his finishing touch yet because we've seen a couple chances where he really, they really should be scoring. And we, talked about, we talked about the bottom <clears throat> six, Don. You know, Filipito's back in New York now. There's no timetable for his return, but you know, Nick Benino centering the third line or, or, or having Brodzinski with the speed, and I, I like the way that Brodzinski's played, but there's just not a whole lot in those bottom two lines that you think, yeah, we could probably steal a goal here. 
this San Jose Sharks team is not good. You no. mentioned it. They're yeah. not a good team. Yeah, and, and yeah, you look at cosmetically, oh, well, 5-2 against the Ducks. You were down 2-1 to one going to the third period. If that McTavish goals counts, there was a race down the offside, Doomed. they're going to lose. Doomed. You know, you're, you're looking at a four-game Western swing, and you can make the point, and we talked about it on the Michael K Show, how as a Ranger fan, it was fair to accept six points on the trip because, all right, Vegas, they're defending Stanley Cup champions, but they're really banged up. Kings never win at home. The Ducks are one of the worst teams in the league, and the Sharks are the worst team in the league. And you only got three points out of this trip. No, just a... Just a you thought the Kraken game kind of turned it around for them a little bit, despite the fact that the power play didn't look good, and they still had their issues where they had a big lead and they were kind of letting it slip away. But the Kraken are a good team, and you think, okay, this is going to be something where... They can kind of turn this thing around. They have not turned it around at all. They still have the same problems. Now the power play isn't contributing. I know it's nice to, to say that you got two five-on-five goals last night, but it's, again, the San Jose Sharks who gave up goals to everybody. And now, yes, they've put together two nice wins. They beat the Kings in, I believe it was a shootout or overtime two nights ago, and then they beat the Rangers last night. Those are two nice wins, but the Kings are struggling and the Rangers are struggling. And this is a team right now that isn't getting much outside of its top six, barely getting anything out of its top six at the at the present moment. And the defense, uh, I don't know. I'm not impressed. I mean, the Gustafson pair and Schneider seems like they give up a turnover yeah. a game that leads to a bad goal. Um, Keandre Miller has had an okay season, not the season I'm, I'm sure he would want. And no. Adam Fox has found his offensive scoring ability, but he hasn't exactly been 100% this year. I think we can all agree on that when he got injured. There are just so many things wrong with this team, and I don't know where to fix them because, again, Don, I was shocked with the way they started. I'm shocked with the way they're playing now. I think that they're somewhere in the middle. But 25 games of bad and 25 games of really good tell you that this is just a really helter-skelter team. Yeah, it certainly is. Now, let's go back to something that we talked about um, earlier in the season, and I kind of got hammered for about are we set in the West? Let's revisit that. Oilers, I don't hammered. Oilers when they're 14th in a row. It's unbelievable what's going on there. And again, you know, Fogel's been scoring. Uh, Kane's got 15 goals. It's not just about McDavid and Drysaddle, which I found fascinating. And Skinner's been terrific as well. So they're in third with a bullet, and, and that team is, is not going to drop down to the wild card. Kings with 53, Predators with 51. And you nailed the game the other night, like when you know the Predators were not going to win that game, and they didn't. Um, the Coyotes are still right there, two back. St. Louis is interesting to me too. They've won a couple of games in a row. They're phenomenal in one goal games. I'm around, I'm about ready to put Seattle to bed. I'm about ready to put Calgary to bed. That was a bad loss for them last night against the Blues, blowing the lead that they did. Minnesota's been Jekyll and Hyde, and I know they're right within striking distance, four points back, but. I are you do what are the Coyotes, Blues, Kraken, Flames, Wild? Are are those teams? Do you think are going to be playoff teams? Well, look, if the Coyotes are going to keep getting own goals on power, on on delayed penalties from the Pittsburgh Penguins, yeah, that was nice. That was a nice gift from Latang and Malkin. Geez, that was that was a hilarious first team in NHL history to score a power play goal while getting no shots on the power play in the game ever because <laughs> they had two other power right, plays they right, didn't right. get a shot. So that's that's pretty fun, uh, not for the Penguins, but fun for the Coyotes. I like I said, I like I like that the Coyotes are spunky. Um, I don't believe in the Blues. I liked the Kraken as I liked them last year, but they're streaky, and that doesn't that doesn't bode well for them. With the Kings slipping away now and Edmonton getting better, those are four teams I think that are going to make the playoffs. So you really only have that one team in Nashville. I like Soros. 
but that's about it. They have a couple of good, nice pieces. They yeah. have Forsberg, and that's great. I could see the Coyotes sneaking in. Not a big fan of the Blues. I think the Flames have got plenty of issues. The Wild have plenty of issues. I'm going to say it's either going to... The Kings, Predators, and Coyotes are going to be the three teams fighting for that wild card. I'm not ready to put the Blues there yet. I'd have to see a little bit more. Minus 14 goal differential doesn't really do anything for me. Um, They're going to have to play a lot better down the stretch. Um, I don't think there's going to be any surprises. I think the Wild are too far gone. I know that they're only four points out, but they're just not... To me, they're they're not there. Look, I, I, based on the way the Ducks and Sharks played, they could make they can make a run because they played the Rangers so well. <laughs> right. But no, I I think it's going to be those top three: the Kings, the Predators, the Coyotes. The same way that we talked about two months ago, that we thought oh, it's all pretty much locked up outside of like one team. And and, and and I and I think it's so crazy what's going on in the East with the wild card. All right, Toronto could still finish in the top three in the Atlantic. Detroit continues to impress, 7-2-1 in their last 10, although they did lose last night, but it was a wild game, 5-4, they lost to Dallas. They have like seven wins in a row against Detroit now. You know, New Jersey, you know, with the McLeod and Foot situation, but, you know, you can overcome, you know, Foot's not an everyday player, and and McLeod, that's going to be a tough loss for them, but... You know, they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde, but they do have games in hand. Two games in hand on Detroit. They sit just two points out of a playoff spot. Tough loss for the Islanders last night. They fought back. Pajot had a goal to make it interesting, but they failed on a power play late. End up losing that game to Vegas. Are you noticing something different in the first two games with Wah behind the behind the bench? From this team, like are you know, not that not that they're going to be drastically different, but are you seeing a different compete level? Are you seeing yeah, a I am. better I, I mean, defensive seeing a different attitude. Even the building was electric. I just he he brings a, a spark. Now they ended up losing to a very good Vegas team. Um, you knew uh, they were going to find themselves eventually, but they, they, yeah, but, you know, one and one, um, not bad. So the Islanders, but they played forty-seven games. We'll see what happens there. But just three, six, and one in their last ten. Washington's getting nothing from Ovechkin again. They had a little bit of a spurt last night, but otherwise they got blown out by Minnesota. Um, you know, I Pitts- think they're done. I don't think I don't think Washington's going to be Pittsburgh's the only team that's a non-playoff team with a plus goal differential of plus twelve, and they're just a mess. I I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm I'm starting to lose faith in New Jersey, but because they've only played 45 games and they're banged up, they're going to get Hughes back. Once you get Hughes back, all bets are off. And the Islanders with Wah and Pittsburgh. So those are the three non-playoff teams. I'll still give hope to. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kill Pittsburgh, but I'll stick. I'll keep the Islanders. You you could for you. Pittsburgh's got 48. Pittsburgh's five back, but they've also got three games in hand on Detroit. So there's games in hand, but they've been Jekyll and Hyde. But so have all these teams. I mean, keep in mind the Flyers could bottom out now. So let me ask you this: They could bottom out. They they could. The no, well, well, they, see, that's what's interesting. Because here are the Rangers in first place with 61 points. Plus 17 goal differentials, not bad. There's a lot of things cosmetically that look good thanks to that 18-4-1 start. Sure. But they're catching breaks with Philadelphia, who I think can fade here. They've played 48 games. They've lost three in a row. And then what's happening with Carter Hart? Is Carolina going to win the division? I mean, right no. now, Carol. Well, wait a minute. Carolina is six points back of the Rangers with two games in hand. I hear you. They're 7-2-1 and one in their last 10, although they lost their last game. Would you at least give me they're the biggest threat to the Rangers? They're the biggest threat. They need better goaltending. True. Granted, I'm saying that True. thinking that you know the Rangers have good goaltending, and at the present moment, they, they don't. Uh, I love Igor, but the, the, the whole team right now is just it's, not it's playing It's not about, well. you know, uh, 
Carolina's the biggest threat, yes. Car- you know, Much go- more than Philly. Um, and the way that Carolina played the Rangers the last time, they dominated them the way they did in the regular season two years ago. I, I just look at Igor, because everybody wants... I know he was unbelievable a couple of years ago with his 950 save percentage and all that. You mean that's not sustainable? But I'm not going to kill a goaltender for not standing on his head. No, I'm not going to And gonna I'm not going to kill either. a goaltender who might give up one bad goal a game and it ends up costing you because the Rangers aren't scoring enough. You know, so it's put a lot of pressure on him, but they're turning the puck over left and right. Gustafson's killing. There's a lot of things going on there that are way beyond blaming the goaltender. Again, there's a reason I like him. There's a reason that Eric Gustafson signed for like $700,000. He had a great start to the year, and it looked like a bargain. And there's nothing you can do. I don't even know if he's healthy because there was no, he's probably not. He's not healthy, but if you put Zach Jones in there, it's not going to get any better. No. They need. They need a they need a winger and they need a defenseman. Good luck. Is and the great Hedl, honestly get Hedl back healthy. I'd be really curious well, I, to see how this team I, looks. Listen, with Hedl the healthy. fact that he's back in New York is great. But you heard how painstakingly careful Peter Laviolette was before the game to give any kind of timetable on his return. No, because you just now, can't. With the head injury, you just don't know. Now they've only got the two games left. They take a break. They come back February fifth. I mean, so the, so by the time we get into February. I, I think we will see him again, but I think it's unfair to just think that he is going to be the savior, considering he's barely played this year. And also, let's be honest, I think he's a nice player, but he was he was like Kako and Lafreniere, a lot to prove this season, and we didn't get a chance to see it because of the upper body injury. It's just so. better than, and I hear what you're saying, Don, it's just better than Brodzinski and Benino. As but your, that's as been their center, yeah. right. But but you bring up Wheeler, like that's been their most consistent line: Cooley, Wheeler, and. Um, Cooley, Wheeler, and Brodzinski. Brodzinski. Yeah. Because Brodzinski brings the speed. Cooley is that good, tough guy presence in front of the net. But when that's your most consistent line, the only line that wasn't broken up in Anaheim, that that's that's more to me a reflection on the other three lines than complimenting that line. You going to come around on me saying that Zib and Kreider need to be split up yet? Well, why wouldn't you? You're splitting everybody else up. I think you got to at some point here. You got to try something. And, and again... I was t- we were talking about it with EJ and I didn't really articulate myself well because I'm not good at this. It- it's not it's not an easy sell when you're saying you're going to go Crudge, you're going to go play with Brodzinski. If Heedle's healthy and say, you know what, Chris, we're going to make a third line with you, Heedle, and whoever else you want. You can put Blake Wheeler on there if you want. That's our that's what our line's going to be. Will, you've been tremendous defensively. You have an offensive ability. We're going to put you with Sabanajad and Kaka. We're going to see where it goes. And then you keep the Trocheck line together. I think that, you want to talk about not breaking up a line, keep that line together. Eventually, Alexi Lafreniere has to put a goal in the back of the net, right? right. Eventually, it has to happen. And then if you have Goudreau and Benino and VC on your fourth line, or Pitlick, or whoever you want to put there, okay, that's your shutdown line again. And VC has shown the ability to score some goals this year. But I don't think it's crazy. You can keep Kreider on that. By the way, when did the Rangers power play, as we were talking about it, Don, only do perimeter passing? Where they just the, everyone every team it doesn't matter now the sharks who are the worst pa- penalty kill in the league get into the box they let the perimeter passes go around and around and around and around they cover up every single shooting lane and then the puck goes out of the zone within 30 seconds when did that start happening yeah, i know trocheck shot between the circles everybody was stunned they were like oh my god there was a shot on the goal on the power play and it doesn't even get to Kreider anymore so no. having him in front of that, they become even very make any predictable, sense. very easy to figure out five on five too. They're, they're the wraparound stuff around the wall. They're creating turnovers now. The opposition has gone to school on them, and now they really need this break to kind of figure out 
what they can do. I don't know what kind of practice time they're going to be able to get during the break. Trocheck's now going to the All Star game. Well deserved. Um, well deserved for sure. So it's not like oh we get two weeks off to sit there and practice. Guys are going to go home, but there will be a little bit more practice time here in the middle of the season to kind of figure it out. Wanted to close it out with a uh, little interaction, Brett. Ludzik says, uh, no excuses to lose to San Jose. Worst team by far in the NHL, especially being up 2-0 in the third. Mika off, Kako terrible, and Laffey can't hit an open net. First overall pick can't bury a shot. Same as in L.A. Jury needs to do something ASAP, Tarasenko, and a sixth defenseman. I mean, I'm, I'm all, I don't know what Ottawa's going to do. Certainly Tarasenko could be somebody. Although, listen, it wasn't all wine and roses when he was here last year either. Makes $5 million. Yeah, so... Good luck trying to fit all this in, but it, it, it's doable. You're going to have to give up something here. And now the question is going to become, like, if you go back, it wasn't didn't cost a lot when they got Vetrano and Cop a couple of years ago, and look how much they contributed in the postseason. They're going to have to figure something out. Now, I'll give Lafreniere a break. I think overall he's played well. I don't but, have a problem with the way he's playing. I'd right, like him right. to finish more. But, but stop I'd... with the first overall pick, okay? We realize that. that it, listen, Stutzla might be better, but that was not a great draft. Um, but I think that line has contributed pretty well, and he's been a part of that. So I'm not going to kill him. But you know, certainly, you know, Mika's been a little off. Kreider is inconsistent. I mean, it's the same old song and dance. It really is. Oh, you mean same core, same problems? Yeah. Well, right. Exactly. Interesting. And, um, that Quinn can coach, huh? <laughs> I, I was happy for him. That's the one thing I was happy for him because I like him a lot, and it must have felt pretty good to be able to beat the team that fired him uh, at home. Mega Res says, so it feels like it's time to hit the panic button with the Rangers. The three-game trip should have yielded a minimum of five points. It was actually a four-game trip, and we barely got away with three. Is Kako a good trade piece? Laffy? If they're um, not going to use him. Whatever we're going to do, we need to get started. Well, that well, that's the point we made on Monday, right? Like, he, you can't go from he missed 21 games and his first game back, we're going to make him the right winger on the top line to he's the first person you bench the second you need to double shift somebody. So what is it? Now, I've talked about this many times before on this podcast, is that one of the, one of the interesting things talking, getting to know uh, Ken Hitchcock when he was coaching the Columbus Blue Jackets, and he had Zaitsev, not Zaitsev, um, Nicholas, Nikolai Zherdev. Ha <laughs> ha, former Ranger. Right. And he wasn't getting any ice time. And he's like, listen, people are saying put him on the fourth line. He's too skilled to be on the fourth line. Like, So if you bury Kako on the fourth line, you're not going to get anything. He's not going to make the players around him. It's dead. You may as well just bench him, not dress him. He's too skilled. But at the same time, it's the double jeopardy. Is oh, Then if I move him on the top line, make him a top six guy, he's not producing enough to get those minutes. So it's you're really stuck. Now, maybe there's a team out there that thinks they can fix him or a team that will be patient with him. Because that that's the problem going back to Lafreniere. You drafted Kako and Lafreniere with a team that was expected to go out there and win. They did not get the Hughes-Heesher experience. Right, they did because Hughes and Heesher, they weren't trying to win. They weren't a great team. Let them go out there and make their mistakes. Average 20 minutes of ice time and right. got butchered. But guess what? Right. Now they're it doesn't matter. But now you got Kako and Lafreniere trying to grow in the NHL with a team that's trying to win games and trying to win a Stanley Cup. It's a, it's a really difficult thing to do. It can be done, but it's a really difficult thing to do. David I, Quinn wasn't brought in. Look at the team, Don. Look at the team David Quinn is coaching right now. That's the team that he was expecting to coach with the Rangers. 
But then Artemi Panarin wanted to come along. And guess what? That kind of uh, accelerates a rebuild. Yeah. Because Artemi Panarin make, getting 90 points ain't going to do anything for you on a team that's got uh, 10 games under and out of the playoffs no, by Thanksgiving. It, it's interesting. It's such a young team and, and a rebuilding team. But like Couture's been there forever. Vlasic's been there forever. I couldn't believe he was still Hurdle's in the league. still been there forever. I mean, so they have a lot of veteran guys on that team. It's just that they're, they're, they're in a rebuild. And the Rangers are a team that's trying to, you know, go out there and win a Stanley Cup, and it's tough. But it's it's still the regular season. But this has gone beyond just a blip. Oh my God, yeah. They have played longer average than they've played great, and I think that's something. And last night was really disturbing. And I'm starting to see where, you know, Laviolette, who usually accentuates the positive, is starting to get a little frustrated. He's been curt with the media. You know, I've heard a lot of. I've answered that question already. Like he could, you could tell he's irritated with the way this team is playing. He's always a very positive guy outwardly. He's not like a John Tortorella is going to be throwing guys under the bus. But at some point, because you know he's he's tearing them up behind closed well, I doors. Can t- I can tell you, you know to, he's doing that. You want to know how to stop asking, a- answering the same question, Don? Yeah. Fix the problem. Yeah, fix it. But, but and I'm not saying it's his fault because like I, maybe they just can't do it. Right. Well, that that you, that's the thing you, you you've been bringing up. I mean, this is not the the first coaching change. This is not the first reimagining of the coaching staff. So at some point you have to say, is this core good enough? And then the answer is going to be, well, at 18 four and one, nobody was really complaining about that's, it. That's correct. So we know they have it in them, but part of being a champion is being able to do it on a consistent basis. And the resiliency that this team has shown. Because that's the other thing I counter at with the eighteen and four, four, one and start is they came yeah, back the, a lot. The, in those a lot games. of comebacks, a lot of relying on the power play. They still weren't a great five on five. Quick team. and Shesterkin with you a know, tandem playing out of their minds, and now things kind of come back to earth. We'll see if they're able to wake it back up. A lot of interesting games tonight. Hurricanes, Bruins. We talked about. I said they're not going to play till the Devils. They got the Devils and the Bruins in the next two nights. That's Carolina, not easy. With the games in hand, so they will actually be even game wise when the Rangers and Vegas play on Friday, Anthony. So what? how would you feel if the Hurricanes win these two games, especially win in Boston, and now they're sitting two back of the Rangers with the same amount of games played? It could be nervous time. I don't, I don't know if a wake-up call is what you call it because they should have been woken up about a month ago. But this, I mean, if they're not feeling the pressure now, this Rangers team, you could see a grip in their sticks a little bit too. Um, they're definitely feeling something. But I, I, I'm most interested... Toronto-Winnipeg is going to be a Well, I was just going to say, Hurricanes-Bruins is the TNT game. The more interesting game to me is Jets-Maple Leafs. Yes. You know, Jets were quieted down. They end up losing to Boston. Leafs, you know, they're you know, up and down, but still a great team. They're just that's fun to watch. Fun, that's two offenses that are really a, fun to watch. That's a fun team. There really is. Uh, Panthers-Coyotes is interesting. Capitals-Avalanche, that's a good chance for the Avalanche to go deep here because Color, you know, Capitals played last night, not great. Got to be concerned about Ovechkin just not doing anything. But he had a couple of shots on goal, but still just eight goals for Alexander Ovechkin. It's crazy. And, you know, Connor's played well for Av- the Avalanche. Ranton, and you know, McKinnon, ter- tremendous. Um, B- Blackhawks and Kraken, that's all you're going to get from me on that. Uh, Canucks and Blues, tough spot for St. Louis. Had to play last night, go up against Vancouver, and then the Sabres Kings. But how's Buffalo losing to Anaheim? I mean, come on, guys. We're What's going on there in Buffalo? I, I Give just, me a break. We could, we could say how much we like, you know, we like the coach and that, you know, the, the, they're going in the right direction, but then they have games like that and you're like, where are they? And, and dude, uh, the, the Kings are a plus 25, all right? They're a, they're a good hockey team. They're a playoff team. But can somebody explain to me how the Los Angeles Kings could be this bad at home? 
I bet uh, the Sharks. They're eight, eight, and six at home. I bet the Sharks plus one and a half. It was plus uh, money, I, you know and what? they won outright. Well, I don't know what you're getting. Bet the Sabers. You're probably going to get good numbers, right? Because Buffalo played last night. Kings are terrible at home. Plus one sixty for the Sabers. You might want to think about that. I actually thought I ended. I'm I'm glad I didn't. I was thinking about the Blue Jackets last night and betting them in Edmonton. That would have been a great number, but you know it's one one like deep into the second period. I'm thinking to myself, boy, I should have bet it. End up winning the game, going away four to one. So before we go, okay, where could Edmonton's loss be? They're only three away from tying the record for most consecutive wins in a season. Right? What is it? Uh, Columbus with sixteen, Pittsburgh with seven, Vegas. And that's uh, that's two games from now. All right. So what are they? I'm just. I don't think the Predators schedule. would beat them in Edmonton. Um, in Vegas, first game, first game of a trip for them. I could see them losing to Vegas. All right. So we've got. I don't see the Blackhawks being. I mean, the Blackhawks played them hard. Was that one of their one nothing games? That was the one nothing game. Yeah. I, I mean, they play but, them hard. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. It's home. All right. So they should get to 15. Then the Predators, they could get 16. I don't think. I think Vegas beats them. I don't think the Predators do. Ducks, Kings, Red Wings. Red Wings could beat them. I don't know about Ducks and Kings. Kings should be able to. The way the Kings play on the road, they should be able to beat anybody, and then they can't do anything at home. It makes no sense. We just talked about it. All right, so then, yeah, that's a road trip. Vegas, Ducks, Kings. Yeah, I'm probably with you. So they can get get that second greatest... uh, Street, look, everybody slips up, and we and look, we've seen this Edmonton team again. You talk about it with the Rangers. This isn't an Edmonton team that changed anything other really than the coach. So they've played poorly mm. this year before. That could happen. They could lose a game that they shouldn't lose. All right, believe it or not, the next uh, podcast will be Friday. That's right. Friday means our top five. Oh, we got that. We want you to contribute with that at Don LaGreca, at um, Anthony Pusick. The Rangers will not be in the top five. They will not be in the top five for sure. But there, there, there could be a little bit of an adjustment here to my top five. We'll have to wait and see. Ooh. So we want to hear from uh, us. Enjoy the games tonight and Thursday. Back with you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.